chapter 37. Are y'all warm in here yet? Amen. Y'all about roast me up here. Good to see some of you I hadn't seen in a long time. Well, amen anyhow. Good to see Stan and Mary back in church. Amen. See Leah back to Gallivanter. Susie back today. Amen. And Linda here today. Amen. What a blessing it has been to be a child of the King. Amen. I spent roughly about 38 hours getting this message together that God wants me to bring to you this morning. It is not something just to preach to you and to tell you and make you feel better, get you excited. It's a word that God wants me to deliver to our church. Because you see, I, along with others, have been praying for, uh, for direction for our church from God. And I believe that God has spoken and today, God is going to help us out if we'll pay attention to what he has to say. This is a very popular text. Many people have preached on it. I have preached on certain scriptures of it, but I've never preached on this. And you'll see why I decided to do that today. Verse number one of Ezekiel chapter 37 says, And the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there was very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Adonai Jehovah. O oh Lord God, O oh Adonai Jehovah. And it should be only thou knowest. Verse 4 says, And again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith Adonai Jehovah, the Lord God, Unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and I will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin. And I'll put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am Adonai, the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones come together, bone to his bone. And I went, when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the sky skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith Adonai Jehovah, the Lord God, 
Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Then said he, he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, or the report is, our bones are dried, and our hope is lost, and we are cut off from our parts. Therefore, prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith Adonai Jehovah the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves, and I will cause you to come up out of your graves, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened up your graves, O my people, and brought you out of your graves, and shall put my spirit in you, and ye shall live, and I shall place you in your own land, then shall ye know that I, Adonai, have spoken it and performed it, saith Adonai the Lord. God bless the reading of your word. Penetrate the hearts of your children here today. Give us the hope that we need to go forward, for we know that you are at work right now in the heavenlies. And God, we give our life and this service correctly 100% to you, and we give you praise in advance for what you would do. In the precious holy name of Jesus, let our church say amen. amen. Look at your neighbor and say, can these bones live? That ain't the title of my message, but it's a question that's being asked. Can these bones live? The Lord has been talking with me. This is probably the fourth week because I've been praying to the Lord for directions of how to carry this church. There's a lot of things that is going on in the church that's uh, behind the scenes and under the scenes, and many of you never see it. There's a lot of spirits that is affecting our church. We have had an onslaught from hell that has been released against this church in the last few months. And it's the reason behind it is that God knows, or, or the devil knows, that God is about to use this church in a mighty way. Amen. A few nights ago, I went to sleep. I was praying when I went to sleep. And I was seeking God at that time for direction for this ministry. How I need to do it. I was asking, Lord, what, what do I need to do? Is there anything else I need to do? What else is going to have to happen before people pay attention to your word? And I drifted off to sleep. And as I slept, God gave me a profound dream. And in that dream, I was leading a prayer line in a church. I don't know where it was at. And I was praying for folks there to be healed. And they were lined up in the church, double lined down the center aisle. And it seemed like there was no end to that line. Then all of a sudden, someone come running, a young girl come running through the line up to me. And she was breathing real heavy. And she said, he's dead. He's dead. He's dead. She was trying to get it out. He's dead. And I said, who? And she said, he's dead. He's dead. And only you can raise him. I immediately left the line to be carried where the dead body was. 
And as I entered into the door in that dream, I was shocked at the scene that I saw. Because that scene that I walked into was nowhere close to being normal, normal at all. Problem was, there was nobody. I expected in the dream to see a body that was intact. But what I saw was a body that was completely 100% dismembered. In the dream, a sense of the impossible came over me as I witnessed what I was seeing. It seemed that while I was expecting to raise a dead body that was intact, that I had the faith to pray and do that. But when I walked in that room and I laid my eyes on the situation, it's like the faith to do what needed to be done to raise that person from the dead, I didn't have it. I remember thinking, well, where's the head at? I was looking around for the head. And all of a sudden, I saw something over here that maybe looked like a part of it, but I wasn't sure. I asked the girl what that was laying over there. I said, is that a toe? She said, no, I believe that's a knuckle. And I said, a knuckle to what? A knuckle to the hand? A knuckle to the toe? A knuckle to which finger? A knuckle to which toe? Is it a right one? Is it a left one? There seemed to be so many little teeny tiny parts of this body that were so unidentifiable. And I remember in the dream that in just a sense of shock, I said, Lord, what do I need to pray for? And in the dream, I remember thinking about all the bodies of folks that had died that had been dismembered, that's been burnt to ashes. The ashes have been scattered out in the sea, in the mountains, in rivers. Bodies that were ground up by serial killers and dumped out in many multiple locations. And how the Bible speaks that one day soon the dead in Christ is going to arise. And that everybody's going to come together and it's going to be put back together at the coming of Jesus Christ. No matter where the parts were. And in the dream I began to get a little bit more faith and inspiration. And my faith began to increase. And after a few moments in the dream I was ready to go and pray and release the resurrection power of Jesus Christ over this corpse and resurrect that body. And I woke up. Live the dream was so profound. It was so vivid. The intensity of it was so vivid that when I awakened, I was surprised that it was just a dream. It's like it was so real. I believe that the Holy Ghost conveyed to me a message in that dream. A message that's not just for me, not just for you, but it's a message for every child of God that there is in the church of Jesus Christ. I believe that this dream is rich in several different layers of interpretation. There's several different things now that I have seen that the Lord has shown me through this dream. But today, using Ezekiel chapter number 37, I won't deliver to the church just one of these interpretations that God has given unto me. I believe that we are in an Ezekiel 37 season right now in our world. I want you to remember that this prophecy is placed just before 
the battle of Armageddon in the next chapter. It is at the war of Magog and God. I believe that we have entered a season that we are in the end times and the church is about to leave this earth. I don't think there's nothing else that's got to happen. If you don't know Jesus, you need to get to know him today. You don't need to put it off any longer. If 2023 closes, it will be only by the mercy of God. I'm here to tell you the 7,000 years or the 6,000 years that God has been using to minister to man of the 7,000 years of his timetable here on this earth before his kingdom comes and lives here on this earth forever is already right at its end. And the tribulation will have seven years. And we right now, or if the calendar is right, is just a little over seven years away from where the calendar would come. I'm not setting a date for Jesus to come. I'm just telling you right now that we are in the season that Jesus is coming to get his church back. And we are in an Ezekiel 37 season. A season that God is going to require for the church's faith to be stretched to a point to where we will literally in our life be able to do the impossible. I believe that a stretching of our faith beyond what we could even imagine is occurring. I believe that situations are out in our world today that is going to take faith that we have never, ever experienced in our church to get God to move in this culture. I believe that we need to increase our faith to be able to minister to our family. Can the church say amen? I believe that we're in a season where God is going to stretch our faith to straighten out our financial issues, to straighten out our national problems, and to straighten out our worldly problems. And God is preparing the church right now and he's encouraging each and every one of us to get ourselves ready to be stretched by the Holy Spirit. He's going to allow some impossible situations to come in our life. And in those impossible situations, we're not going to be able to see how in the world that it's going to come back together. But God is about to take the church and the faith that he finds within the church and take the impossible and make it possible. My God says nothing is impossible with him. Amen. And I believe through the power of the Holy Ghost within us, as God gets us to the point to where we will stretch our faith and release the resurrection power of God, everything in our life that seems to be impossible, God, right before our eyes, is going to manifest in us and make the impossible become possible. Can the church say amen? So stretching our faith is going to be necessary to train us in what you're about to face. Church, listen to me. I'm not playing. God ain't playing. You're about to experience something on this earth that you have never experienced and no generation has ever experienced before. It is going to get bad. It is already on the way. You better start protecting your money. You better start moving your money out of where you got it at the stock market. You better make sure that you are listening to God. In this hour, you better make sure that you make a commitment that you are going to do as Paul is instructed as you see the end of time coming that you will not forsake the assembling of yourself together with your people because the strength that you're going to need and the faith that you're going to need is going to come from your assembly in the house of God and his presence where he has promised to show up. I have said that now for six years, 
12 years, 30 years, I've had an experience with that and I've shared with this church almost every service. You cannot keep laying out of church and expect to make it in this day. It's going to get rough. So stretching your faith is going to be necessary because you're going to have to go through some training to be able to handle the times that are ahead for you. The devil is after your children. The devil is after you. He's trying to shut down all the churches. He's doing everything he possibly can to do it. And if there is not something done in the political arena within the next 18 months, then we're not going to be able to worship the Lord freely in the United States of America. We are not going to be able to stand up and proclaim that we want to be a father or a mother to our very own children. I want you to know the devil has launched and released every amount of devils that he can, and he knows his time is short, as I said Wednesday night, and he is angry that his time is short, and he's going to take as many as he possibly can. In this church, he's already took 20. And he's been working on several others. For the last three or four weeks, I've stood up before you and told you that there's been children in the young teenage years, early 20s, that are either committed suicide, planned their suicide, or are thinking about suicide, and have been put into and admitted into a mental war because they're not able to cope with what's going on. The devil is ready to kill living water worship centers. I don't know how much more I've got to tell you, but we are going to begin to see that we are living in the seasons in which the enemy has earmarked to be times of defeat for the church, and he has released everything he possibly can to defeat you. He does not want you to overcome. He does not want you to break through. He does not want you to release yourself and praise him. He does not want you to release yourself and worship him. He does not want the church to dictate your calendar. He does not want the Bible to be calling you when you wake up in the morning to minister unto the Lord and to minister unto yourself. He does not want you to have a prayer life. He does not want your marriage to get along good. He does not want your children to come to church and be excited about church. He wants to kill them all and to kill you and he has released the attack against us to do it and he's angrier every day to destroy us and it is time for the church to awaken. Amen. So the devil has earmarked this time as a time for defeat. And if we're not in Kill and in line with the Lord, that's what's going to happen to each and every one of you. You're going to suffer defeats. But we are going to see the emergence of God's power, God's resurrection power. It's going to be released through those of us who can have the necessary faith that is needed for God to do the impossible. Because what needs to be done in the world right now to the natural man's eyes is impossible. There ain't nothing that men can do to change the direction of this nation. There is nothing that men can do that can change the direction that the church is in. There is nothing that men can do at all without God showing forth and resurrecting some things that we have carried to the graveyard spiritually had the funeral over and said it'll never be like that again unless God begins to minister and manifest and use the faith that we can muster inside of us to do the impossible, we are going to suffer defeats. I believe my God is still a God that can do the impossible. Amen. 
I believe that if we can get faith enough to believe that he can do what he, anything that he wants to do and nothing is too hard for him, I believe God will show up and he will change your life at the drop of a dime. Can someone in here tonight or this morning give God some praise for what he's already done for you? There are monuments out there in the world today that seem to be unmovable. It seems like that the direction that this nation is going is unmovable. It seems like the direction that this church is going is unmovable. In fact, if you look at this church with your own natural eyes, you would literally immediately agree that it's dead as a hammer and it ain't got nothing to do with God. God's been speaking message after message after message after message. He's been speaking through people's lives. People that you know are dropping dead. For those of you that's come in late, Robbie passed away last night. Everyone needs to understand that God is speaking to us. Monuments that seem to be so unmovable are about to shift, though, by faith and by the power of prayer. And I just wonder today, can you have faith in a God that can do anything? I wonder today, do you have faith in the God that can do anything? Is the God that you serve a God that can do anything? Is he a God that can come in and take the puzzles of your life and all the puzzles that's out there in 50,000, 500,000, 500 million, 500 billion pieces of your life and put your life back together? Can you say amen? Do you believe that that's your God? There are unconditional and seems like ungodly and government policies and ungodly, unrighteous policies that are, are going on in this world. It seems like that we ain't never going to be able to push them back. But I'm here to declare in the name of Jesus Christ that every policy that hell has tried to put forth in the United States of America is about to backfire on him. And everything that he meant for evil, God is going to turn it around and use it for the good of his church. And I'm here to tell you, I'm expecting God to show up any time and any moment. It looks bad out there. There and it's dark out there. But my God said in the middle of darkness when it seems like it's midnight, he said, your light will arise and my glory will be on you and people will know that I am God. I want to know this morning, how many of you still believe here in 2023 that God is a God of the impossible? Amen. Yeah, you need to give him a praise this morning because he is. And here's a word for you. God is about to use you to rearrange some things. I said God is going to use you to rearrange some things. Alterations from the Holy Ghost is coming to Living Water Worship Center and is coming to America. God is about to change some stuff and throw some stuff that has been obstacles to his movement, obstacles to what he's wanting to do, obstacles against his revival and his outpouring and his awakening. God is about to use you to go out and rearrange things for him and he is going to stretch your faith for a while and some of you are going to be used to just these things needed so that you can go out and broaden the awakening of God that we're already in and we can usher in the kingdom of God and a revival and pray down the outpourings of the Holy Ghost that's going to be needed to sustain the revival and the life that is needed in the church because when Jesus steps out to say come up hither you're going to have to be without spot wrinkle that means you're going to have to be living righteous you're going to have to be living not held down by the world and I'm here to tell you God said I'm about to change everything and I'm going to use you to get it done amen there are ungodly monuments in this nation. And God desires to speak into these ungodly monuments. He wants his people to begin to speak 
life into that war over in Ukraine. He's wanting his people to speak life into China and Taiwan's issue. He's wanting us to begin to speak under the divine anointing of the Holy Ghost into the Arab nations of this world. God is wanting us to begin to speak into the nation of Israel. But God is calling the church of the United States of America to speak the impossible over the United States of America. This is still God's country. I don't care how many of the devils from Baal has been sent into the church. I don't care how many is worshiping another God out there. The United States of America belongs to Yahweh, Jehovah, Adonai and he will walk forth and move and receive the United States in power and God is going to begin to remove some ungodly moments and monuments here in this nation because God is going to use you to speak his power into your government, speak your power his power into the Congress speak your power into the White House, speak your power into the educational system and God is about to be release from living water. Can the church say amen? He wants us to speak it to every one of these evil policies concerning these transgenders out there and all the LGBTQ community. He's wanting us to stand up, Thelma, and begin to speak life against the abortion movement here in the world, not just the United States of America in the world. He wants us to stand up at the school board meeting and prophesy to the people on the school board that they are going to have their ears opened up and their hearts opened up and their eyes opened up and they are going to hear the word of the Lord and they are going to put the educational system in the United States of America back as God originally found it and we are going to get the life and the revival and the outpouring and the awakening of God breaking loose in the United States. Can our church just give God a good hand for what he's about to do. Amen. Now these mountains and these monuments, they're going to move. As you begin to release your faith, praying and believing that God's will will be done here in earth as it is up in heaven. One black man said one time, when God gets ready to move, governors will move. When God gets ready to move, presidents will move. When God gets ready to move, kings will move. When God gets ready to move, the senators will move. When God gets ready to move, congressmen will move. When God gets ready to move, the school board will move. When God gets ready to move, churches will move. When God gets ready to move, there ain't nothing that's going to ever hold him back. My God is all powerful, all knowing, and there is no other God but him. And God said, I'm about to prove to you and to America and the living water worship center that I am the God that I said I was. I still am the same today as I was yesterday. And I have not changed. And if you believe that I can do the impossible, I'll show up and I'll do the impossible in your life. Amen. Amen. So what's going on right now is God has strategically taken us, Living Water Worship Center, and he's placed us in an Ezekiel 37 moment. We are right now in the Valley of Dry Bones. Standing in the middle of that valley, there is a clarion call from heaven for us to prophesy. 
a clarion call from Adonai Jehovah to speak life over dry, dead bones, not only in our lives, not only in our churches, but in our governments, in our nations, and in your family. Every one of you under the sound of my voice has dead bones in your family. Everyone under the sound of my voice has dead bones in your children's life, in your grandchildren's life, in your brother's and sister's life. There are dead bones in your family. Situations that are dead or they are dying are waiting on you to exercise your faith. Oh, y'all didn't hear me there. Everybody quiet. Things in your life that's already dead. You've carried it to the funeral home. You went out and you buried it in the grave. You've already gave up on it. And there are other things in your life right now that is dying right before your eyes. And you're asking God to do something. And God is more than willing to do it. But Jackie, he's waiting on you to exercise your faith and begin to speak life to those things that are dead in your life. He ain't waiting on me to speak in your life. He's waiting on you to speak the word of God in your life. Can someone here today say amen? So God's been waiting on you. And if you believe that God is a God of impossible, then you can speak life into that drunkard that is your child. You can speak life into that drug addict that's your child. You can speak life into that person that thinks they're gay or they dress transgender. You can speak life into the Church of Living Water Worship Center. And you can speak life into your town government, your county government, and your state government, and your nation's government. You can speak the life and release the resurrection power of Jesus Christ because God said, I'm more than willing to rearrange things and change things. You can look at the man that is the most hard-hearted man that there is in the world, and as you begin to speak to those dead, dry bones in his body, God will release the very anointed power of Almighty God that is the Logos Word of God that becomes rhema and instruction, and he said, when my word is released, I will not allow it to come back to me void. I will follow it. I will perform what is said for me to perform, and God is ready on you to speak the word into your life and into your children's life and he will the minute you speak it I'll start making it happen amen, amen. Now, I preached already this morning amen. if you take that there and you go on with it God would bless you Sick bodies right now are groaning for us to exercise our faith and speak and release the supernatural power of God and release the move of God that is sitting and waiting in the wings and the spiritual to bring the churches of God back where they need to be and get repentance back behind the pulpit and get the blood of Jesus Christ flowing one more time and get people to the cross to where the cross can make a difference in their life and God is about to clean the house of God up because there is some people that has the faith of Ezekiel right now. So it's time to prophesy. Everybody say it's time to prophesy. Look at your neighbor, your wife, your husband, your children and say it's time for me to prophesy to you. Mm -hmm. It's time to prophesy. It's time to prophesy over the unsaved. It's time for you to speak life through the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is time for you to release what God has put into your spirit. It is time for you to exercise your faith and begin to act like 
Joaquin of God has already delivered your children. God has already delivered your grandchildren. God has already revived living water. God has already restored living water. God has already claimed the United States of America and he is exercising his power to get it back and he's waiting on you to speak the life of God into the situation. Everybody say it's time to prophesy. God said, do this. Prophesy and watch as an exceeding great and mighty army of the Lord arises out of the things that are dead. Speak and prophesy and watch my power as it begins to move and grab a hold of these children that does not even believe that there's a God. Speak and watch my power begin to move as you speak it over cancer, as you speak it over cystic fibrosis, as you speak it over things that are terminal in people's lives. Speak the life of God and watch a mighty armor of God come back together in the house of the Lord. See prayer come back into the house of the Lord. See the anointing of God come back in the house of the Lord. See repentance enter back into the house of the Lord. See the drunks of the town come into the church and lay down their alcohol on their ultra speak the life of God into that drug addict's life and see them as they bring that chemical meal and they bring it and lay it in the offering place. Watch God about what he's about to do when you begin to speak life into people's life. Y'all with me this morning? God is going to do it one last time. I told you several weeks ago we are on the precipice or in the precipice of a great awakening. In fact, we already are in the spiritual great awakening in the United States of America. What we're waiting for is some revivals. What we're waiting for is some outpourings. We are at the precipice of a gospel and global awakening. Not just the United States of America. God is already moving across the seas. God is over in Africa right now. There are one church over there that has 16 million people that are going to it seven days a week. God is already moving in other areas. God is beginning to bring his saints and he is going to bring the church back in unity one more time. Can the church say amen? Look at your neighbor and say, whether you like me or not, you're going to get in unity with me. Amen. This is God's heart. This is on his agenda. The disjointed body of Christ separated by policies, divided by culture, and literally ostracized by their disagreements are about to come together in unity. The most segregated hour in America today is on Sunday morning from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock. And God is about to obliterate that right now through the power that he will speak through you and you exercise your faith. You're going to be woke up one morning and say, you got to go. Go to this African-American church. And some of the African-Americans are going to have to turn around and say, well, I got to go to that white man's church. God is about to pull the church back together because God's got to have a church that's united without spot and without wrinkle and one that can exercise faith that God can do the impossible. Is there anybody here today knows that God is can do the impossible? Amen. Now, unknown and unhidden, overlooked parts of the body are starting to come back together. How do I know that? Because Jesus prayed for it. And Jesus said, and thank God, at the front of Lazarus' tomb, and said, Lord, God, I didn't pray this for my benefit. I prayed this so everybody would understand that and see me out there. And that is, I know you have always answered my prayers. 
So if Jesus prays for you, the answer is yes. Everybody holler out and say the answer is yes. Say it again. Say the answer is yes. The Bible said the promises of the Lord are yea and amen. God does not say, wait a little bit on my promise. He didn't say, no, not right now on my promise. If Jesus prayed it for you, it is yes and amen. You can have it and you can have it right now. In fact, you've already got it. You just need the faith to be able to exercise it. Amen. In John chapter 17, verse 1, 11, he's prayed this. He said, keep through thine own name these whom thou have given me that they may be one as we are. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you're one with me. Say it again. Find another one and say, you're one with me. All you're good about you, you're one with me. All you're bad about me, you, you're one with me. And whether you like me or not, you're going to have to accept all of me. Amen. We're all one. And it goes on in that chapter, in verse 22 through 23. He says, And the glory that you have given me, I've given them that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. Jesus prayed that the glory of God that causes us to get in unity with each other would be released. And if Jesus prayed it, it's going to happen. Everybody I'll say it's going to happen. I believe it's about to happen here in living water. I believe that you're going to get in unity with me whether you like it or not. I believe that I'm going to have to get in unity with you whether you like it or not. I believe you've been playing around with whether giving your heart to the Lord or not. And you've been messing around with the Lord for five or six months. And now God is speaking to you through your body telling you that, hey, look, you might not have another day to go for it because of what's going on. I believe that God is about to get you on the unity train. And you're going to make this trip down to this altar. And you're going to give your life to the Lord because God... God's claimed you. God may minister to you. And God is going to have somebody speak life into you. And I'll say it's going to happen quicker than you will ever even be able to match your life. Look at somebody say, you're one with me. Amen. So Jesus prayed for the release of glory that would bring unity. Now that word glory there means a good opinion of them. How many would say that the church today and the world has a good opinion of them? No. It also means to results in praise, honor, and glory. Well, when someone out in the world mentions the church of Jesus Christ, all they can say is that they have praise for them, they have glory for them, and they have a good opinion of them. God said there's coming a move of my glory that is going to change the outlook and the mindset of the world as they look at the church. The devil wants to kill the church, and he's got the governments and the politicians behind it, but God is about to want to turn that around 180 degrees, and you're about to enter into a situation and a place that you've never had in your life, and that is that the people on the school board are going to hear what you got to say that God said. The people that are leading your school is going to be able to hear what thus saith God as you release it. Your president is going to have to listen to the church. Your senators are going to have to listen to the church. Your crowd, your family is going to have to listen to God as you release it. Can anybody give praise for that? Because that's what that word glory means. Amen. So God is telling us to release that glory. Slap that beside him and say release the glory. Slap him again and say release the glory. Oh, I didn't see you slap him. Reach over there and slap him and say release that glory. How do you release that glory. You release that glory by prophesying life 
over things that are dead. You release that glory by going and looking at the dead situations in your life and speaking life into it. You release that glory by looking at Living Water Worship Center and as dead as we have become, as slacksadaisical as we have become, where we can miss 10, 12, 15 services and never have a problem with it. You look at that and you begin to prophesy to that church that's full of dead bones and God begins to put it back together. Someone in here today say release his glory. Amen. You look at things that have died out. You look at folks that have died out. And it's in the Father's will for them to be raised back up. And when you know that, you began to prophesy the will of God in that person's life. I don't care if you're 89 or you're 9. God is about to renew your strength. And you're going to begin to shout like you've never shouted before. I'm prophesying to you right now. Rihanna's going to come in here with a smile on her face that nobody's ever going to be able to take it away. I believe that we're going to be in so much love and so much unity that Lord, when the person no hits on that piano. We're going to have people walk in the pews, running around out there and calling hell down out of the church and calling heaven down and begin to move in the church. I believe that we're looking at something that's about to change in America and God said I want to use you to get it done. Amen. It is God's will for that to happen. Amen. So the Father wants us to prophesy the prayer of Christ that Jesus prayed in John chapter number 17. So look at your neighbor and say, I'm about to prophesy to you. Look at them in their eyes, smile at them, and say, you're going to get in unity, girl. So for God to manifest that glory that's going to unite us, we've got to start prophesying. I'm here to prophesy. Look at me. I'm going to prophesy a little bit, and I'm going to back it up with some teaching. It's going to happen in your life here right quickly that the very first thing that you think of when you get up on Monday morning is how many more days is it going to be before I go to church? In the name of Jesus, I prophesy that. At your job, in the middle of the day at 12 o'clock, you're going to be thinking about, Lord, i got to get to the house here because i got to be at church by 7 o'clock and i got to be there this Wednesday night and it don't matter if I get there at 8 o'clock or 8.30, I'm going to the house. I am prophesying to you right now that God's hunger in your life to get a hold of Him is going to be escalated and brought into a proportion in your life to where you cannot live a day without being in contact with Him. You're not going to be able to go a day without breaking open your Bible and studying. You're not going to be able to go a day without falling on your knees and praying to him. And you're not going to be able to walk in this church and sit down there on that pew like you a frog or a rock and God is going to minister unto you and you're going to have the key to bring the praise and the worship and the power and the movement of the Holy Ghost in this house one more time. I'm here to tell you you're about to get alive. You dead corpse is going to come up out of the grave. God has called you up and he has said living water come forward and we're going to climb up out of that grave and everybody here is going to have the anointing of God dripping all over them and it's going to be so powerful that wherever you go everybody around you is going to feel God and want to have a little bit of you and God is going to use you to speak the power and the life of Jesus into their life and you're going to recruit enough of people in this church to where they look at you as a leader and you can't run from it because God has called you to do it so I'm prophesying to you right now expect a turnaround and live in where the worship center in the name of Jesus. Amen. I say that surely, most certainly, these bones I'm preaching to live this morning. 
I said, every one of you are alive. I said, there ain't a single one of you in the funeral home. There ain't a single one of you in the hospital in the spiritual infirmary. I don't think none of y'all are in the mental association or the mental facility whether they're in the spiritual realm. I say, my God has given you a spirit and the mind of Christ, the power of Christ, the glory of Jesus Christ. And I say, we got enough of power to turn the United States of America around. We got enough of power to turn the sin systems around. We got enough of power to go out and grab those that are on the way to hell and bring them to the house of the Lord. We got enough of power to run every drunk there is out of the town that you represent. We got every power that God gave us to close down and shut down every one of those processing centers that are feeding them drugs you with children. And I am releasing that in your life right now because I'm standing here today telling you these bones are alive under my voice this morning. I just resurrected you out of the grave. Amen. So, I feel the Holy Spirit here today. As God set Ezekiel down in the middle of the world's valley, the valley of death, you have been set in the valley of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of death, I'll fear no evil. This valley was full of dead, dry bones. They had been dead for a long time. It was full of them. You see, it was a disgrace for a body to die in Ezekiel's time and to not be buried. So these people not only were dead, they were disgraced. We have been set in a place like Ezekiel was where there once was life, but now it's dead. How do you remember the great services? Betty, do you remember the great services that we used to have in this church? Janice, do you remember how people would get the power of God on them and they'd run around the building on the outside screaming and hollering that Jesus is Lord? How do you remember that when you look up, all you had to do is walk by somebody and they fell out in the power of God? How many remember that in the church? How many want to see that again? Amen. We're in a place where there used to be life, but now it's dead. It seems like that all hope is given up just like it was with Ezekiel. As God placed him in that valley, it looked like all hope was given up because it had been dead for so long. A place where there's no hope. In fact, our problem is we've been putting hope in the bones when we got to put some hope in the glory of Almighty God. Amen. He was put in a place where the bones were scattered everywhere. They were separated everywhere. So I asked the Lord, and I was asking him for leadership. He gave me this dream. I'll talk to you a little bit about that there. But he said, he shared with me as I was going into this room here with a dismembered body, God was using me and ministering unto me to get my faith up where I still believe that my God can still do the impossible. But as I began to study this, God carried me to Proverbs, and he said that bones wind up having death in their bones because they have a broken spirit. Proverbs 17.22 says a broken spirit dries up your bones. So what has happened, Jackie, here in this church is that we have allowed our spirit to be broken. So we're going to prophesy to each and every one. And it's just not going to be me. I want you to find somebody close to you. And I want you to say this with some power. You can't just say, you got to speak it with the power of God. I want you to look at him and say, I declare that your broken spirit is healed in the name of Jesus. 
He goes on in, in verse number uh, 13 of chapter 15. He says, by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. That word broken there means stricken, smitten, afflicted, or wounded. So tell your neighbor again, say, in the name of Jesus, you are no longer stricken. You are no longer smitten. You are no longer afflicted. You are no longer wounded. You are no longer broken. I speak the life of Jesus Christ into your spirits. Your spirit is alive in the name of Jesus. That word sorrow means pain, hurt, injury that's caused by worshiping an idol. You see, a broken spirit comes when God begins to be second place in your life. Things happen in your life. All hell breaks loose when God begins to be number two. And he said that that sorrow, that pain, that injury, that hurt, that wound, that thing that struck you, the devil that comes to you, that smites you, it causes you to have a drive on. That word in the Greek for drive means it causes you to be confounded, causes you to be ashamed, causes you to be confused, and cause everything in your life to be nothing but a disappointment. Am I talking to anybody? Amen. So God has spoke now and he says, I'm putting you in the valley of death that's full of dead bones. And the first thing that he told uh, Ezekiel to do or what he did to Ezekiel is he told them, he says, I want you to pass round about it. In verse number, uh, there, there, first, first verse or two, he said that he come in there and he walked there and he began to pass and go around that body. He said in verse number 12, he said, I cause you to come out of the grave. Let me go back up where I'm at. He says, it calls you in verse number two, he says, to pass by them round about. In other words, God said, I want you to go out there and go around and walk around them, walk around them, keep right on walking around them. I want you to go around in a circle, keep right on going around in a circle. There is, in, in the Hebrew, it is a substantive command and it means get a good firm basis of this reality understand what you're looking at get the facts, understand the environment understand your surroundings so God has put us now in this valley and he's sending us around so that we can get an understanding of what's going on with our young people get an understanding of what's going on in the church get an understanding of what's happening in people's finances, God has put you there and said go around and get the facts. And then he said, once you get the facts, he said, do you have faith, Ezekiel? Do you have enough of faith to make these bones live? Do you have enough of faith to revive Living Water Worship Center again? Do you have enough of faith to cause your drunk son to get cleaned up in the power of God. Do you have enough of faith to go into the morgue and bring a body out of the grave? Do you have enough of faith to change your life? Do you have enough of faith to change your marriage? Do you have enough of faith to change your relationship? Do you have enough of faith to change the government of America? Do you have enough of faith to change the mind of the president of the United States? Do you have enough of faith to change the mind of your brother and sister? Do you have enough of faith for God to use you to get it done? Look at your neighbor and say, where's your faith at? Do you have enough of faith to raise up and make these bones live, to be restored to life, to be restored to unity, to be restored to health? Do you have enough of faith? Ask your neighbor, say, do 
you have enough of faith? The word restore means to return something to its former condition. To restore something to its place. To restore something to its position. To repair it. To renovate it. To fix it. To mend it. To regain life. To regain consciousness. To regain strength. It means to give new strength and new energy to people and to things that have literally died in your life. It means to repair what's been broken. To revive somebody from sickness, discouragement, faintness, and death. Do you have enough of faith to change your brothers and sisters by releasing and speaking and prophesying the word of God? Some of you under the sound of my voice right now, you're in disarray. You need some repairs. You need to be renovated. You need to be fixed. There's some hurts on the inside of you that need to be mended. Some of y'all ain't felt the life and the power and the presence of God in a long time. Some of y'all are not conscious to the things that's going on in the spiritual world. Some of you have lost your strength. Some of you carried the burden so long that you got so tired that you don't seem to be able to go any further. And now you are broken. Sorrow, pain, injury has been caused in your life. And you now are confounded you're ashamed and you're confused and everything is disappointing you. I'm talking to you this morning and I'm prophesying to you in the name of Jesus Christ. You will live again. Your bones will have the power of God resurrected in you again. You will not continue to be broke down, busted down and disgusted. You will be on above and not believe. You'll be blessed going out and coming in. You are going to be the catalyst of a revival for the nation and the town as you chew in. You are not going to live like you've been living you're not going to stay in that faith any longer. God has called you this morning to come out of where you're at. Amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, prophesy to these bones. So he told them, he said, once you go around all these bones and you get all the facts, he said, I want to know, do you have enough of faith to change what's going on in your life? Do you still believe that God can do what you need him to do in your life? Do you still believe that he can mend your broken spirits? Do you still believe that he can pack this house out? Do you still believe that we can go across the road and build us a multi-million dollar facility on the 10 acres that we claim and we got an option? Do you still believe that God can fire up everybody in this church that has been like some days ago for the last five years? Do you still believe that God is a God of the impossible? If you are, give God some hand claps of praise and praise in this morning. He's wanting to do it and he's ready to do it. Amen. Ever haul outside prophesy to these bones. That word prophesy is written as an imperative command. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, God just commanded you to prophesy. That word prophesy, Cliff, means to speak or sing under the divine inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So what he was telling Ezekiel is he said, speak under the divine power of the Holy Ghost to everything in about, uh, up under your feet that's dead. But the word prophesy means you can sing too. Amen. Amen. So when we get up here and we start singing, we're prophesying to you. I sung that song a while ago. I know it's a blessing. I know it touches your heart and everything. But Lord, have mercy. About 10 years ago when I used to sing that song, Lord, the glory of God would fall on that congregation because everybody's mind 
nothing was on doing to him. Everybody was sick and tired of all the trials and the issues that's going on. Everybody was tired of being depressed and oppressed and shut down, disgusted. And everybody was tired of what hell was doing. And they were willing to praise the Lord. And just one thought of being able to make heaven your home. Just one thought of being ready for Jesus when he steps out on the eastern cloud. And he calls us up to be together. And we'd start making us happy. And we would stand up and we'd stomp the devil with our feet. And we'd raise up and say, devil, you ain't got me yet. And you won't be able to get me because I got a blessed hope that Jesus is coming after me. And no more tears are going to come out of my eyes. And I know right now that I've got people up in heaven that's praying for me. So I can stuff the word of God down the devil's throat. And God not only is my mama praying, my daddy praying, and my grandma praying. Jesus and the Holy Ghost and the angels are praying on a daily basis. That living water worship center was set aside. The sin that so easily besets them and finish the race and score the final touchdown against hell and win the battle. Is anybody alive with me this morning here? So when you play and you sing, you're prophesying. So we're going to work it out to where every one of y'all going to have to sing. I want you to push that beside and say you're going to have to sing. Because I'm not above looking at Andrew and say, Andrew, get off of that pew and come up here and grab this microphone you're going to sing. And you're going to sing in the name of Jesus. Now, ain't none of you going to say, well, I can't sing. You can sing. You can lift up your voice and you can sing. I'm going to see Johnny up here singing. Now, he might not never come back, but he's going to get it in the name of Jesus. Because when you began to sing, you got, uh, in First Chronicles chapter number 25, verse 1, they told him, said, prophesy with harps, with psalteries, and with cymbals. We're going to put some of y'all on these instruments, and we're going to lay our hands on you, and we're going to give the gift that God has given unto us, and you're going to start playing these instruments, and you ain't never took a lesson to be able to do so. God is going to fortify and equip the people that is needed in this house to bring forth the worship of God so that we can prophesy to the dead bones that are in the pew. We're going to see something change. Amen. Psalms 25 and 8 says Make me to hear joy and gladness That the bones which thou hast broken Might rejoice Do you realize I spoke to you this morning In your life And I asked you I said are you, been, are you going through All of this confinement All of this confoundment in your life All this shameless in your life All this confusion Are you feeling like That everything that you put your hand to do Is disappointed Right there in Psalm 25 It said there That your bones are broken Because God allowed it to be done but he said if you ask him to hear his to be able to hear joy and gladness in your life that your bones will start rejoicing again I'm waiting for the day for John to rejoice again that he's still alive I'm waiting for the day for Leah to rejoice again because she's still got her life and her health and all of her family around her I'm waiting for the living water worship center to praise God because they know he can still do the impossible can somebody say amen So I want to walk through these verses as I try to get to the close point to where I can close. Verse number four. He told him, he said, hear the word of the Lord. Gone are the days, Janice, in this house that I am preaching the logs. Gone are the day in this house that I am preaching to people that hear the word of God, but they will not apply. I proclaim right now and declare in the name of Jesus Christ that your ears are going to open up in the name of Jesus. Right now, some of you are going to hear a pop in your ear. Right now, God is opening up your spirit. He's opening up your ear. You're going to hear the word of the Lord. That word here means you perceive it and you have the power to hear. And you have the power to hear and not only hear, but be interested 
and want to understand it and once you understand it to yield to it and obey it. So finally in the United States of America in Living Water Worship Center you're going to hear what does say of God to the mouth of your pastor and you're going to be interested in yielding to it and obeying it and applying it to your life and you're going to come out of the mess you in in the name of Jesus. Can the church accept that? Amen. He said now hear the word of the Lord. That is the spoken word of the Lord. The Logos word of the Lord released on the lips of a human being that becomes rhema word. Verse number five there, he says, cause breath to enter into them. That word breath there is the word spirit. It's talking about the Holy Ghost. So smile at that person right beside of you. Look at him real good with a big smile like you love them because you're about to send them in a ring of they never been. Smile at them and say, you're about to get baptized afresh in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. I believe that God's word has a supernatural power. And Ezekiel preached this message to these dead dry bones in the faith of God. And as the word of God was released and declared over these broken bones, the promise was beginning to be received. And I am declaring over Living Water Worship Center that the promise that God has given you and given Living Water Worship Center is going to be received. You're not going to be able to run from sanctification. You're not going to be able to run from the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You're not going to be able to run from righteous living. God said for me to come before you in the name of Jesus and declare to you in the name of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Ghost that you are going to straighten up your life and you're going to live for him and people are going to start having a good opinion of you. They're going to start giving honor to you and you're going to win your world for Jesus because God said I'm going to use you to change it all. Amen. Amen. Mm, boy, y'all didn't know what y'all got into when you walked in here this morning, did you? In other words, I'm commissioning you to go into the ministry. Verse number seven, as it went on there, he said, as I spoke, a noise started happening. He said, as I spoke, things started shaking. As I spoke, stuff started coming together. That word noise there means a voice like an instrument or a thunderclap began to happen. I'm here to tell you right now, God is about to release a thunder in your life and you're going to know that it is God. I'm here to tell you, you're going to hear the voice of God just like you did over in Genesis chapter number 3, verse number 8. In the cool of the day, the voice of God came walking through the garden and God's voice is going to start walking through your garden and you're going to have start having a conversation with God himself. I declare that you and God are going to get so close that you're going to be able to preach and lead this church through the power of Almighty God. I'm here to tell you right now, God is about to do something like you ain't never imagined. Can the church say amen? Another word for that, there is the same word that the blood of Abel was crying out from the, the blood the earth and he was crying out in his blood and he was already dead. And I'm here to tell you, God says everything that's broken, everything that's dead, everything that's been killed, everything that's died is crying out to the very holy throne room up in heaven and he hears it and he's about to open up your ears so you can hear the very dead and the blood that has died here on this earth, even those that were killed by the trans gender, those that are dying, your children that's died, God says you're going to finally hear the situation and as you do so, you're going to speak life into your children, you're going to speak life into this nation, God is changing stuff this morning, how many of you feel the very obstacles of hell began to come down as I speak, amen, amen. 
He said a noise is going to break loose and then a shaking is going to happen. I'm here to tell you God is starting to rattle something. God is about to shake up something. There's a vibration that's going on. I believe that God is about to have a spiritual earthquake and change something. And I want to tell you it's going to be just like it was with Elijah out on the mountain. The wind is going to come. The, the, the rocks are going to splatter. God is going to speak because when God visits and he begins to show up, there's commotion that comes with it. Amen. Just tell your neighbors, they get ready for some commotion. In Isaiah chapter 29, 6, he said, Thou shalt be visited of the Lord of hosts, and you will be visited with thunder. In other words, God is about to show up and live in one worship center and thunder. I'm here to tell you, if you're walking around and you only expect me to thunder, and all of a sudden a big thunderclap from God comes, everybody jumps and shreds, and you react. I'm here to tell you, God said, I'm going to visit you with thunder, and I'm going to visit you with an earthquake. I'm going to visit you with a great noise, storms, and a tempest, and the flame of a devouring fire. In other words, God is saying, I'm about to manifest my presence in a way that I've never experimented it before. So get ready for everybody to know that God God's in the house. Get ready to know that God is in the choir. Get ready to know that God is still behind the pulpit. Get ready to know that God is still at the school board meeting. Thank God that God is still at the commissioner's meeting. God is turning things around. Get ready. Somebody in this house give God a good hand clap of praise. In Ezekiel 38 verse 19, God promised that there was going to be a great shaking that's going to be in the land. In other words, God said, my presence is going to come into the land. Say that with me. God's presence is coming into America. Say it again. God's presence is coming into America. Why is that so good? The reason why it's so good, Katrina, is the reason why that we need the presence is when God's presence shows up, he reverses decomposition. Everything that's dying, God will bring life back to it. Amen. There needs to be a work of the Holy Ghost. And that work of the Holy Ghost is coming. Somebody say it's coming. He went on a little bit further. He said as it began to speak, there was a noise and there was a shaking. He said there was a rattling going on. And then he said all of the bones started coming together. Look at your neighbor right beside him. He said let's get together now. He said everything was coming together, coming together, coming together. That word come is a command. So God is saying you start prophesying to the people and you tell them and command them to come together. Everybody look at me. You will, by the name of Jesus Christ, get in unity with one another or you'll get out of this house one of the two. You're getting in the unity and we're going to do what God wants us to do. You're going to support this ministry. You're going to support what God wants done in your life. Gone are the days of your laxadaisicalness and your laziness. God is going to fire you up one more time and you're coming into unity. Can the church say amen? So that's a command. And as it did so, a miracle of recreation began to happen. Thelma, God is about to recreate the nucleus of living water one more time. In verse number nine, he turned around in as he brought everybody together and he looked at Ezekiel and he said, prophesy to the wind. Tap that right beside him and say, prophesy to the wind. Oh, now that word prophesy is an imperative command. Everybody hold on and say it's a command. No, 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 no. Now get this. He said prophesy to the wind. That word in the Hebrew is ruach. And it literally means the Holy Ghost. So he told Ezekiel, he said prophesy to the Holy Ghost. Look at your neighbor right beside him and say prophesy to the Holy Ghost. 
In other words, you have a, a direct ordination from God. God has laid his hands on you, anointed you, and anointed your mouth and your lips and anointed what you're going to say and what you're going to do. And you've got the power to prophesy to the Holy Ghost. Remember I said I'm going to prophesy to the Holy Ghost. What that means is, is you're going to tell the Holy Ghost what the Holy Ghost is going to do. Oh my God, can y'all get that this morning? In other words, Holy Ghost, I'm here to tell you right now as I prophesy, you're going to heal every sickness that there is under the sound of my voice. You're going to straighten out every mind that there is in my voice. You're going to break every obstacle in everybody's life. You're going to break every habit in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm prophesying in the name of Jesus Christ, and I'm prophesying to the Holy Ghost, and I am releasing the Holy Ghost. you got the power to assign the Holy Ghost and send Him. So I'm sick of the Holy Ghost on Katrina. I'm sick of the Holy Ghost on that Katrina. I'm sick of the Holy Ghost on Eva. I'm sick of the Holy Ghost on that. I'm singing the Holy Ghost on Darlene and on Johnny. I'm singing the Holy Ghost on Cliff. Holy Ghost, you want to get a hold of them and you want to shake them to the very bottom of your core and change their life. I'm gone or the time tired of preaching the dead bone. It's time for you to come alive. And Holy Ghost, I am releasing the very power that you have of the resurrection power of Jesus. And this church is coming back alive whether you want to come back alive or not. Amen. Everybody say prophesy to the Holy Ghost. So he prophesied to the bones first that was preaching. Then he prophesied to the Holy Ghost that was praying. And then he told the Holy Ghost, he said, come. Everybody holler out and say, come, Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, Holy Ghost, I, I command you to come to live in water. That word come is an imperative command. It is a command to the Holy Ghost. And he said, breathe into him. That's another command. Look at your neighbor and say, the Holy Ghost is going to breathe in you. That word means breathe hard. That means he's going to blow away. He's going to blow away all the chaff. He's going to blow away all them nasty attitudes that you got. He's going to blow away all them sins that you got. He's going to blow away all them transgressions you got. Oh, my God, God's cleaning up this church. Boy, I see the sickle of the Holy Ghost right now over the top of it. God is setting things together right now in the power of Almighty God. He said, I want you to breathe into them the very life of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to do it because they were slain. That word slain means they were killed. They were destroyed. They were smitten with a deadly intent. They went through some violence. They've been in a conflict. And now everything is out of disorder. You see, the devil has been setting up your life to kill you. You're not supposed to be here. A little over three weeks ago, I stood right where Melvin's at. I looked Robbie right in the eye. I told Robbie, I told him, I said... You're not supposed to be here. The last time was mercy from God. And if it happens again, if you get that close again, you will not make it. How many remember that? I'm going to ask you again. How many remember that? I'm not sitting here patting myself on the back. I hate to have to even say it. But I did, and now he's gone. The devil's been trying to kill you. The devil's been coming against you. He's tried to slay you. He's getting you to the point where everything in your life is out of disorder. There has been a Haman that has been assigned in your life from the spirit of hell to hang you on the gallows and destroy you. And God wants to deliver you. The devil has been committing homicide after homicide. Pestilence has been sent. I'm telling you, this church has went through so much sickness right lately. The, 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 the devil does not want me behind this pulpit. In January of this year, I wound up with COVID. After the COVID, immediately after COVID, I wound up with bronchitis. 
From bronchitis, I went to bronchopneumonia in my left lung. From that point, I went to double pneumonia in both of my lungs. Then I went from that to uh, the walking pneumonia. Then I went from that, and I wound up with uh, what, what they call it, RSV. And then I turned around, and I had the stomach flu. So from the end of July to Thanksgiving, I was sick. The devil nearly killed me. The devil don't want you in this church. That's the reason why your car is tearing up. That's the reason why you're having an argument when you get up on Sunday morning. That's the reason why your grandchildren are calling you, wanting you to get you out of town when it's time to come to church. Oh, help us. Haman has been assigned in your life. But one thing about old Haman is about to be revealed. The plot was revealed to the king. And when it was revealed with the king, the king, the king called Haman what he was. A wicked Haman. There is a wicked Haman in your life. And God took Haman and every strategy that he had to kill the Jews. And hung them on the very gallows that he built to destroy and kill Mordecai. And the very thing that hell has tried to do in your life to take you down. God is about to turn it around and hang that Haman in your life and show him that he's still God. Can someone say amen? amen? Verse number 11 said, they say this. They say we're all apart. Our hope is lost. This was their report. This was their testimony. Our hope is lost. My expectation is dead. I don't expect anything to happen. Everything's perished. It's gone. It's vanished. Everything is destroyed. Everything has been exterminated. Everything is wandered away. I've lost it all. Oh, I'm talking to some of y'all because y'all been talking to yourself like that last three or four days. Our hope is lost. What that word there means is our cord of connection is dead. You see, we believe that we're no longer connected with the Holy Ghost. We believe we're not connected with heaven. We believe that God's gave up on us. They go on to say we're cut off. That literally means our nation is finished. Many people that it knows God, that has worshipped God for years, they don't have enough of faith in God to believe that God can still resurrect the United States of America. Their testimony is our nation is finished. So he told me, he said, you prophesy to the dead things in life. Then you prophesy to the Holy Ghost. And then you prophesy to the bones that have been revived. I want you to smile at that person right beside and say, you've just been revived. He said, I'm going to bring you up out of your grave. He said, I'm going to cause you to come up out of your grave. I'm going to bring you into the right place. I'm going to bring you into the place of rest. Verse 12 says, I'm going to cause you to do this. That word cause means I'm going to bring you up, cause you to ascend, cause you to climb, stir you up mentally, bring you up, uh, raise you up higher than you've ever been, and cause you to grow and cause you to increase. God is about to make this church the strongest it's ever been. Can y'all give God a good hand clap? That word literally means he's going to make the enemy pay you. Everybody holler out and say, devil, bring me my money. Holler out again and say, devil, bring me back what's mine. And then he said, I want you to prophesy to Israel. I'm going to bring you into a place called Israel. I want you to prophesy to your neighbors. I close this morning. Look at them and say, you're about to go into Israel. When one of God's children see God's promised land. 
You're about to enter into God's promised land. A land flowing with milk and honey. A, man that God is, a land that God has given to you is your territory. You're about to get back into it. But that word Israel means a place where God prevails. A place where God per perseveres. A place where God contends. A place where God fights against your enemy. You're about to come back into the place where God prevails. God is going to show you that he's still a God that still has victory. He's going to show you that he can bring you out no matter how bad your marriage looks. God's about to put it back together. It don't matter how bad your health looks. God is about to put it back together. It don't matter how bad this church looks. God is going to put it back together. Delayed churches can most certainly be revived and they can become an army and I I declare in the name of Jesus Christ this church that has been decaying on the vine. God has told me to come tell you this morning that you are going to be revived by the power of the Holy Ghost whether you want to or not because right now God said prophesy unto him. So as I conclude all word without spirit Is dead. All word and no spirit will just assemble bones. The word will unite you, but it will not raise you up as an army. It will be the Holy Ghost that will raise you up as an army. So God now is saying, Get ready for my spirit. All of this happened in Jesus, I'm sorry, Ezekiel chapter number 37. Because of Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 27, when he said, I will put my spirit within you, and I'm going to cause you to walk in my statue, and you're going to keep my judgment, and you're going to do them. Oh, Janice, we've been praying a long time in this church for people to start living rights, for the people to start getting committed. Now God says in this move that I'm about to bring forth in here, he says, I'm going to come in and I'm going to put my spirit in you. When I put my spirit in you, I'm going to cause you to walk in my statues. In other words, God's going to make you live right. Punch that beside it and say, God's about to make you live right. He said, I'm going to cause you to keep my judgment. Punch him again and say, and you're going to start keeping his judgments. You're going to do it. We're going to see these big old strong, big old egotistical men bowed out in humbleness right before God. So as we close, I want to review. You have got to know that the bones that are out there are dead and they dry. And you got to know why they're dry. And once you do, you are God's servant. And God wants you to walk among the dead things in your life. God is telling you to go walk into the dead things of your life. And God is telling you, you must proclaim the word of God. Tell your neighbor, say, you've got to proclaim the word of God. And when you proclaim the word of God, you have got to be confident in God's word. And you've got to understand that the Holy Ghost begins to work in a process. And God is wanting you to begin to look and realize that the Holy Ghost's work is essential in your life. You need the Holy Ghost. Prophesy that beside him and say, you need the Holy Ghost. You have got to start speaking in the power of faith. You have got to notice every evidence of the Holy Spirit at work and praise Him for it and keep commanding the Holy Ghost to keep moving.
You have the power and an ordination and a command from God to command the Holy Ghost what to do. So I'm commanding the Holy Ghost to baptize Katrina in the Holy Ghost, to baptize Cliff in the Holy Ghost, to baptize Brianna in the Holy Ghost, to baptize Ben in the Holy Ghost, to baptize Latrice in the Holy Ghost, to baptize John Fraser in the Holy Ghost, to baptize Andrew in the Holy Ghost, to baptize Living Water Worship Center in the Holy Ghost. I'll keep right on preaching until somebody receives it. You're going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And you have got to have all faith in God that God's people are going to be revived and that we are going to become an exceeding great army. Because hope is never lost. These bones live. Them bones live. Them bones live. I don't care how dead these bones are. They live. These bones live. These bones live. You're alive. You might look like you're dead, but you're alive. You might act like you're dead, but you're alive. You might act like that you ain't got no hope, but you got some hope and you're alive. You might act like you don't receive my word today, but I have etched it in your heart, and you will not be able to run from it. Thus saith Almighty God, little one verse of sin will experience the power of God like they've never experienced it before in the next I know I preached an hour and a half, but that's good anyhow. We got food over there next door to feed your belly because you're alive. Everybody just holler out and say, I'm alive. Ah. Susie looks like every time I see her, she loses a little bit more weight. But I'm alive. But she's still alive. And she's going to get straightened out in the name of Jesus. How many of you here now knows that God has called you this morning? He told you. Prophesy to the dead things. Then prophesy to the Holy Ghost. And then prophesy to the things that's been revived. And then prophesy to your nation. Y'all need to hear me now. Prophesy to everything that's dead in your life. Everything that's dead out there in the world. And then prophesy to the Holy Ghost. Tell the Holy Ghost what he's going to do. Oh, now that's bold, ain't it? Amen. But that's what the Spirit said here in the Scripture. He said, you prophesy to the wind. You prophesy to the Holy Ghost. You tell the Holy Ghost that he's going to anoint Betty Rattler like he never anointed her before. And she's going to be dripping in the power of the Holy Ghost. She's going to lay hands on people and they're going to be healed by the power of Almighty God. Devils are going to jump out of the windows when she walks into the house. You prophesy that in the name of Jesus. And tell the Holy Ghost. And you're going to be the one that shows up with her when she gets there. You start telling the Holy Ghost what needs to be done. And as things begin to revive prophesy to what's revived and then as it's revived you prophesy to your nation and tell them you're now going to live in an area in your life where God prevails, God fights for you, you don't have to worry about it anymore, vengeance is mine saith the Lord and I will repay, God is about to change living water and if you believe that, give him a good hand clap and a good hallelujah So how many of you feel a little bit more uplifted than you did when you walked in the house? Father, 
in the name of your son Jesus let not this word hit the ground pour it into the hearts of your children father I don't want to use an English word that's not right but Lord the only one I know to think of is haunt him with this message keep it ever before their eyes write it upon the tablets of their heart Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, run hell out of every life that there is. I speak to everything that's dead. It will come alive, and it will come alive quickly through the power of the Holy Ghost. And living water will be in the position we need to be in. Lead us, guide us, direct us, bring us back in love and in unity again. We'll give you the praise in advance for everything that you do. Bless the hands that has prepared the food next door. Father, let us use it for your, uh, your strength and your glory, Lord God. Father, help us as we communicate with each other to come together in unity as you have prophesied that we're going to be. And Father, we're going to move forth in the army as one under the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of Elijah and the spirit of Ezekiel that's going to show up in living water from this day forward. Have thy way, Lord, and move upon each and every one of us in Jesus' name and our church said amen.